everybody, welcome to episode 231 of the So Video Games podcast. This is weird. I never introduced the show. And wait, where's Brad? He's nowhere to be found. Is it just the Carlos show? No, it's not. It's just the intro. Because we did something during this episode, and I had to make an intro for it. Which is, there's a drinking game in this episode. If you drink, and you want to have a drink, it could be any type of drink. Just make sure to drink up when you hear the word vitriol. Because I might say that quite a bit in this episode, and halfway through the episode, we were like, this should be a drinking game. Also, I was drinking. Also, I might have drank a lot. Because I was full of so much vitriol. And with that, welcome to episode 231, Carlos is over video games. Welcome to the 231st episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on May 5th, 2021. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who is not currently eating a delicious chicken salad, Carlos Rodella. I'm not, but now you made me hungry, you bastard. Oh, sorry. My wife made me a really delicious uh, chicken salad. We have, this, we have this routine, right? Because we're still doing curbside pickup uh, to kind of minimize any possible exposure to COVID. And we've gotten in such a good groove that we can go and pick up groceries and make it last for like a whole month before we have to go back. Nice. And so what we usually do is we go down to like the local grocery store. They have those, you know, those rotisserie chickens, you know, that they have like in the deli section or whatever. Mm. And our, our tradition is like, it's such a big deal to drive down there and get the food and bring it back and unpack it and all this stuff and clean up and yada, 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 that nobody wants to cook afterwards. And so we always get a rotisserie chicken on the day that we pick up groceries. And then we just like strip all the meat off it and have a nice little chicken salad afterwards. That sounds delicious. And like now I'm little, hungry. It's, a, it's our little routine. It was very delicious. Yes. Good stuff. What did you uh, have for dinner, Carlos, or have you eaten yet? Oh, I've not eaten yet. I normally do because I need the energy. And right now, in this episode, filled with vitriol, I definitely need the energy. But instead of uh, food, I chose drink. And by drink, I mean alcohol. <laughs> oh, it's one be one of those shows, eh? It's going to be one of those shows. And also, my voice will probably turn into Artie really early on. I mean, you're is, already creeping in with it right now. It's this voice right here. It's coming Secondly, on. Secondly, what I'm drinking is uh, Knob Creek. Is it Knob Creek, I believe? They make uh, an old-fashioned in a bottle. So you just like pour out the, uh, the, the, uh, the bottle into a cup, and it's an old-fashioned. I mean, isn't that, I don't know anything about drinks anyway, but isn't that basically what an old-fashioned is to begin with? It's like whiskey and like, like one other ingredient or something? No, sir. What if is you're it, doing it? it correctly, it is not. Okay, you tell you me, because I don't do know. You do some bourbon, you do some bitters, you do some sugar, you do some cherry. Oh. If, you're, if you're a good person, you'll do some muddling, and you'll muddle some fruit in the bottom. It's it's a mixture. It's a, it's based on the, the bourbon, et cetera, et cetera. But this is good, and it's going to help me get through the show. Well, I learned something today. Thank you. I don't drink at all, and so I don't know much about drinks. And so I thought it was a much simpler drink than that, because I know that... Uh, Good friend of the show, Corey Motley, former co-host, drinks those once in a while too. And I always thought it was just like bourbon and a twist of lemon or some shit. I, I had no oh idea my gosh! Here's so. the here's the problem though. A lot of bars think that, right? That like you'll get a lot of water in your old fashions, or you'll get like sugar water, and then like a little bit of bourbon and stuff. No, no, no that's not it. You got to do it right. Anyways, go. I'm mad about now. You got me mad about old fashions. I'm gonna be mad about <laughs> video games soon. And newsflash: if you haven't known. Uh, or looked at the episode name, which you, we're titling it this. 
I'm over video games. Carlos so. is over video games. This may be his last episode, folks. We Foreshadowing. Don't know. We will find out. Foreshadowing. We'll All right. Well, we are not a mixology podcast, although that does sound like it might be interesting and we might have some good stories. We are actually a video games podcast, and that is what we're going to do right here, right now. As per usual, um, before we get to the vitriol-laden content, which is sure to come, we do like to keep our house clean. We live in a house divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape. I have one thing on my side of the house. Carlos, how is your side looking? It's pretty full, and it's also oh, full of vitriol. Oh, you got vitriol in all of the segments tonight. It's okay. in the housekeeping as well. It's seeped through the walls. It's everywhere. Let me start off then, since I just have one quickie, and then we will we will open the floodgates, and we will let it rain down. Please, please. Uh, really quick, I want to give a shout-out to a brand-new Kickstarter that just uh, popped up a couple days ago. It's called Nadir, N-A-D-I-R. Uh, it is by the same people who made Alder's Blood, currently available only on PC and Switch. Uh, although I will say, I just recently discovered, um, when I backed Alder's Blood a couple years ago, I put in for the PS4 version, and I thought it was never going to appear because it's been like two years or whatever. Just found out it is still coming, so I am still looking forward to getting my backer oh, rewards. Geez. But putting that aside, putting that aside, it was a publisher problem, it wasn't a problem with the developer. Uh, but that aside, Nadir is a turn-based, looks like a deck-building roguelike, where you, uh, it's got this killer art style, it's like black and white and red, like really gothic and gross, and just like, looks just like a bunch of demons and hell imagery, like if you really like that gothic, just like dark stuff, you take a group of characters, you're trying to get to the lowest point of hell, that's what your goal is, and along the way, deck-building combat, um, like lots of cool images and just, you know, just really dark stuff. So uh, right up my alley. I love all those things. And if you love those things, too, check it out on Kickstarter. It's N-A-D-I-R, Nadir. Uh, it just came onto the Kickstarter, I guess, market, marketplace, whatever their, whatever their offerings, a couple mm -hmm. days ago, like two, three days ago. So by the time you hear this podcast, it will have been up for, I don't know, like maybe like one week. Plenty of time to jump in there and back it. And full disclosure, I've backed it myself. Uh, I have no connection with the developer. I don't have any stake in the project. I just think it looks really cool. Back that myself. So heads up, Nadir, it could use your support. It looks really badass. If you like Darkest Dungeon, if you like Dark Souls, you like uh, you know deck builders, anything like that, roguelikes, check it out and kick it a few bucks if you think it looks good. Cool. And also on that uh, segue, and before I get to my vitriol, uh, something in a positive light. Uh, Legend of Keepers is officially out now, I believe. Oh on yeah, Steam. I just I've been hearing about that game. Is have you played it? Yeah, we talked about it on this podcast. Did we talk about it? I we don't do a lot I don't of remember episodes. anything. Yeah, so it was one of my favorite like early early Itchio demos or something. I think I played the demo on Itchio and I was just like addicted to it, and I still love it. And I'm just going to pick up the uh, final release now, even though remind I remind us I've... really quickly what what is Legend of Keepers? It's like a 2D like some kind of an RPG or something, isn't it? No, it's a 2D. Uh, well, it's a 2D uh, dungeon manager. So you are you, oh that's you play right. as the monsters, and it's essentially like a simulation where there's different boards, and you pick the monsters that you want to do in that dungeon. And then you have the heroes come through, and your your monsters will fight all the heroes. Right. Okay. Yes. 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 I remember you talking about this, and I actually just saw some PR for it recently. Saw that it came out. It looks interesting. I believe it's now on Switch. It's also on PC. I don't know about the other platforms, but I'm I'm definitely gonna check it out. It seems pretty cool. Yeah. I just thought I mentioned because you mentioned a Kickstarter. I was like, that's yeah. one of the games I followed for a while, and it's like <clears throat> officially out. So check that out. Excellent. Okay, cool. Well, I don't have anything else on my side of the house, but it seems like your house is stuffed. So why don't you uh, go ahead and take us over to your side and start unpacking uh, what's over there? All right. First uh, bit of vitriol. Okay. Oh, man. I have so much of it. Just but, let it go, uh, dude. That's what we're here for, man. I know. Let me, let me take a swig. 
There we go. That's good for uh, ASMR, right? The kids like the <laughs> ASMRs. Kids do like the sound of people drinking, or maybe they don't. I don't know. I don't keep okay. up with the ASMR crowd. This is a very small piece of housekeeping, but I saw a tweet and I just got real mad about it and tweeted about it and just thought I'd bring it up because I think you might have some thoughts. Um, I'm not a big fan of that Jason Schreier guy. Uh, never have been really. And Fairly divisive personality. Yeah, but divisive for boring reasons. I, I don't even think <laughs> there's anything that's like divisive that makes sense. But in his tweet recently, he said, following the flop of Cyberpunk 2077, CD Projekt board members are set to receive huge bonuses, blah, 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 blah. And while that news came out, it is like upsetting that like so many high-ranking people in CDPR, uh, CDPR are like making lots of money, even though like it wasn't, you know, as much of a success as they wanted and a lot of other employees aren't getting that kind of money. That's a problem across the board. My problem with the tweet is how flippantly, which I believe is a word. Yeah, it is. Uh, Jason uses like the beginning of that tweet where following the flop of Cyberpunk 2077, listen, it didn't flop because the definition of flop is like totally failed. Like it didn't work at all. Like nothing worked about it. Nothing was good. It must have not sold at all. You know what I mean? Just bullshit. Like that's, and I just hate that tweet being like, it's just so like dismissive, like and flippant. We're like, yeah, following the flop, you guys know how it didn't do anything and it's shit. I, anyways, it sold a gazillion copies. I love the game. A million people, millions of people liked the game and it had its problems and it had a shitty release. But I just got so pissed at that like simple line. Uh, I mean, Jason Schreier is a pretty well-known dude. He's a pretty, um, you know, he, he, we threw around the term journalist pretty often, or at least, uh, people who get angry at us do. <laughs> I think that, uh, the definition of what a video game journalist is, is a very specific thing that a lot of people who are in the review sphere don't really fit to a T. Uh, but he is, he is, he is exactly what one would think of when you think of a, video game journalist in the classic sense. Um, I know that he ranks a lot of stories. A lot of people come to him to talk about stuff, but also there's a lot of people who maybe don't care for that guy that much. I've never met him. I don't know him from Adam, so I can't say, but I do know that he is a bit of a lightning rod when it comes to the stuff that he tweets. Well, yeah, but let me get, let me drill down specifically real quick. Sure. I, I sure. used to be a video game journalist. Okay. Like hardcore <clears throat> knew the objectivity. I understood how to play the game and how to report on things. Okay. So, I know that world, and I know that he does that. But the point is, you don't you don't just say flop without having some sort of definition of that. Like he just jumps to like the real story, which is about like these huge bonuses. Sure. But like th that's like a false statement. And then when you <laughs> when you are a in quotes credited journalist that say that says things like that, it just it it, it adds onto the pile of the CDPR you know, cyberpunk pile. Sure. That it's like the, this thing was the fucking worst thing in the world. And it's just far. It's not true. You know what I mean? I hear what you're saying. I don't know. I think that maybe you're giving the term flop, maybe more magnitude than it deserves um, for this tweet. I mean, I think that there's probably uh, several different definitions that could go there's, along with there's flop. one. Def I mean, there's let's read the definition on the internet. <laughs> I, I, I think it's all right. Go ahead. If it you're going to use Look a word, up. my point is to your point, if he's a journalist, he's going to use a word. Sure. Sure. And it's the third word he uses. Right. Which again is what people are reading because short attention spans. Uh, it says uh, to be completely unsuccessful, fail totally. It, that's not like none of that's right. Like it, it wasn't completely unsuccessful. It didn't fail totally. 
That's what flop means. Sure. I mean, I, I get, I get where you're a saying. A total failure is the other one. So I'm just, I, I'm, I'm mad about it because it, it is a tangent where in this like world of internet and online chatter, people throw around things just really easily, but then they gain steam like a snowball. Sure. Right. Sure. And then everybody and their mother is saying Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is the worst thing ever. Man, I feel so bad for those people when that's not even the reality of it. And we've seen that in politics, et cetera. So I know I'm nitpicking on one word and one tweet, but it just got me because it was more of like at the larger scale of the conversation about cyberpunk. That's all. I hear you, man. I hear you. And you know, I you know, I'm sure he chose that word because he knew it would get a certain reaction. I mean, you know, journalists do have a goal in mind when they craft headlines or, you know, when they do tweets because you've only got so many layers. So, you know, I, I, I get what you're saying for sure. Um, and it does seem like CD Projekt Red does have some work ahead of it, you know, to kind of rehab the image of the game. It may not be a flop in the dictionary sense like we just read, but I can see how some people would look at it and think, you know, really inappropriate for a game, uh, you know, higher ups to get bonuses after what happened. But it did sell a bunch of copies. I mean, you know that it was a pretty... Pro- I mean, they already made back their money, like, what, three times over or something like exactly. that? Exactly. Yeah. A company makes money. The the it's, it, it's just like mixed messages. Companies are bullshit, and they're full of injustice. Like, that's not a new thing, right? True, true. But it's like, if you put it together with, like you said, the tagline of CDPR and Cyberpunk 2077 and this flop, then it becomes a bigger story. And by the way, as a games journalist... It's like it shouldn't be the clickbaity stuff, right? You should be reporting on something because it's an actual newsworthy story. Sure. I'm full of vitriol of this one thing. How are we gonna get this through this whole episode? <laughs> let's move on. Let's, let's move on. Let's move on. What's what else you got? So in that same vein, though, uh, I did see a report that said 23.5% of players have maxed out their street cred level in Cyberpunk, which is like a lot of hours. That of seems to me play. like pretty high, pretty high percentage yeah, for a one-player like you know RPGs type game. Uh, yeah, that's just kind of cool. And again, total flop, but gazillions of people have like played this game for a hundred plus hours. Um, the other thing is Sony said they're going to aggressively start investing in first party PlayStation studios, which I think is kind of like a call and response to Xbox buying up 8,000 studios. Yeah. And they're going to have to do something. Uh, I mean, I don't think they're in trouble personally, but I think that's good because they should buy more, more studios up. And, and look at that. So that, that was just a, something interesting to mention. I mean, um, just to, to hang on that for a second, because I think that's yeah. an interesting point, right? I think the um, the first party stuff is really interesting because I think there's a certain kind of player out there. I don't think it's you. I don't think it's me. But I think there's a certain kind of player out there. And I, I, don't, I haven't done like a psychological profile or anything, but just from casual observation, anecdotal evidence, it seems like there's a certain player who just like, only buys the first party stuff no matter who they go with right so if they buy an xbox they're like all about gears or they're all about forza and if they buy a playstation then they're all about like bloodborne uh, because that's uh, exclusive or they're all about uh you know uh uncharted or whatever something like that and if they go if they go switch or nintendo then it's all about all the mario mario kart and the mario games but and they and this kind of person seems to like absolutely fucking ignore every other game that's on all those systems. I just saw a tweet from someone uh, who was talking about the switch actually. And they were saying, Oh, the switch is in bad shape. I'm really disappointed with the library. I can't believe Nintendo's letting it fail like this. And I'm like, are you, f- are you what are you kidding me? I've got a, a switch backlog, like 250 games deep and there's more coming out every week. And there's like a game for everybody on the switch, but this, you know, but when we dug down into it, this was a person who only wanted, Mario Kart, 
Mario Golf, right. the next Mario game. They only wanted the Nintendo stuff. Absolutely ignored everything else. And I kind of, um, I kind of see that happening with Sony right now too, where people are really the Sony ponies who are in my feed right now are really up in arms lately, and I'm getting kind of tired. Hold of on, it. I, I've never heard Sony ponies. You've never heard that before? No. Did you just make that up? No, it's been around for a while. It's, I did not create that. No, somebody oh else. Oh my made that. goodness. Yeah, and it's just like it's like Sony Pony and Xbox. You haven't heard of those two things? No. Where, <laughs> where, where are you coming from? A parallel dimension where these exist? I know, man. I just, I just see one? it thrown around, and and they're both, of course, really derogatory terms. But like, I see these people who are just like, oh yeah, you know, and, and all they come to is like um, the the first party stuff. And I'm like, okay, look, like don't shit on Xbox because there's tons of good stuff on Xbox. I don't shit on Sony. There's tons of good stuff on Sony. Like, there's more to every console than just the first party stuff. And if you're a person out there. You're not listening to this podcast because people who listen to this podcast are not that kind of person. But if you know a person like that, just nudge them and say, hey, man, first party stuff is great. But like, that's not what makes a console live or die. Like, like show them something else. Show them some third party stuff. Show them some indie stuff. There's more games out there than first party stuff. You know, it's interesting. That is correct. And I agree. But it made me think of the olden days with TurboGrafx, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis. And first party was it. Like, I mean, there was third party. It started probably in the 16-bit era more. Uh, I mean, it happened in obviously 8-bit, but I feel like maybe it's from that old school way of thinking because in Nintendo days, you know, like NES days, you definitely bought things because they were on Nintendo, right? Like sure. that's the whole the whole ad marketing campaign stuff was like, was it uh, Sega Genesis? Uh, Ninten- Nintendo. Nintendo. Yeah, that's right. So anyways, I, I don't know. I mean, that's that kind of mentality, you know, but like now, like you said, it's just so much to go around and so much third party yeah. stuff. It's I just, just silly to think that way. I just can't imagine picking any console, doesn't matter which one you pick, glomming on to the first party, swearing allegiance to them, and actively shitting on anybody else who doesn't agree with you, and then completely ignoring the entire rest of the library. That's a crazy yeah, way to live. Don't live your life like that. Don't do it. Don't do it, kids. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, State of Play happened. Oh, yeah, it did. It did, and you might have forgot because it didn't really fucking happen. Vitriol back. Oh, shit. I missed the show. You're going to have to fill me in. Oh, it's going to be real easy, bro. Get, nothing watch, happened. Are, are, yeah, are you ready? I'm ready. Subnautica DLC okay. or something. I like some new Subnautica. Subnautica's awesome. Okay, cool. Among Us is coming to PS4 and PS5. Don't care. Ratchet and Clank. That's it. It's over. Was it just those three games? It's just those three games. And two games, two, the, thing, the first two were just announcements. I think they showed Subnautica for a half a second. Ratchet and Clank was the whole state of play. It was. It should have been called, hey, we're going to show you more Ratchet and Clank. Oh, okay. Gotcha. That's it. And then it ended and we were all like, what, what's happening? Isn't this state of play? Don't call it that. Yeah, it should it have been was, the Ratchet and Clank expose or something yeah, like that. And yeah, and that had been fine. And again, expectations, right? Right, like, right. Let, let, don't get me wrong. Ratchet and Clank looks ridiculously good. Looks great. Like, looks great. Whatever those types of games are, when you're in that mood for that collect-a-thon and a bunch of different yeah, weapons. Yeah, character action platforming, serve it up. Serve it up, and the graphics are sick, and the ability for the PS5 to jump between worlds. Super they showed, impressive. Super impressive. It's incredible. Yeah, They're loading great. so fast. So love it. It's just not a state of play, and I just felt like cheated because I was like, well, that's mm. not really a, a show. I guess I don't feel bad for missing it then. No. Vitriol number three or four. I don't know. We're going to have like by 20 by the end of the show. <laughs> uh, remember when I mentioned on a previous episode that I was going to try Sega Frontier again? Yes, I remember that. That's the game that I gave a 0.5 to. Yes, I remember that game. You sure did. Hold on. Let me let me take a drink. <laughs> we should set up a drinking game right now. Like We should pick something, and then every time you say it, you got to take a drink. Every time you say the word vitriol, you got to okay. take a drink. You'll be dead okay. by the time. Well, my drink's I'm going to have to get a new drink. Uh, 
I took a drink because I wanted to take a pause because that game's fucking bad. <laughs> and your your laugh is I, I can hear I can hear what's in your laugh. Your laugh is like I told you so laugh, which is I... fun. <laughs> but you are a hundred percent right. Uh you might not hear this very often on the podcast. I don't know. Maybe you do, but probably not. And it is a piece of garbage. Oh. And I it's those rose tinted glasses, you know? Like, I played it, and it was old school, and I played it a long time ago. What, PlayStation 2? Must have been, yeah. And I was like, oh, and I got mad at it because I got stuck, and I, I, you know, it glitched out on me, and I was mad about like not being able to finish it. But I must have just been like giving it every chance I could get, uh, and it's a bad piece of shit, and the art that they did, <laughs> the remastered art, yes. is garbage. Oh, it's is, it, like, is it even worse than it was It's before? worse. It's oh, worse man. than the pixely PS2 game. I hate that thing, and I feel very like uh, just terrible that I spent money. Oh like, man, I spent I'm sorry, money. Dude. I'm sorry. I, you know, I I hate anybody wasting money on a game they don't like. That is a crying shame. But I, you know, I don't know, man. I mean, I I remember hating this game back in the day. I was kind of surprised that you had just some fond memories of it. But everybody's taste is different. I know you swing more towards JRPGs than I do, so. Maybe maybe it was your jam and it's just not my jam, but man, I'm sorry. That sucks to waste money like that. It might have been in the past, but anyways, that's just my update. Here's another piece of vitriol. Have a drink. <laughs> this Land is My Land, a game that I wanted to play a long time ago. It's yeah, one of the only games it. Yeah, that's a, that you play as a Native American. Uh, it's one of the only games you can do that. And it's like a it's a sim. Like you do like simulation stuff and kind of like um, base building with like different native tribes and then you're like trying to fight, you know, people who take your land and stuff like that. There's also some third person action or something, right? Some stealthing around? Is that Well, it is. Yeah, it's a third person game okay. and it's stealth action adventure. Uh and again, you do that kind of build base building stuff. But I was like so excited cuz my computer can now handle it. Like its graphics are pretty good. And I jumped in and it was very difficult from the beginning and I died a bunch and I was like you know me. I want the power fantasy. You are, yes. You like that power curve to kick in really quickly. And also, I'm a Native American, and I already been fucked over by a bunch of settlers, all right? <laughs> I want to get maybe, I don't know, just a little bit of strength boost or something in the beginning, but it was just so hard from the beginning, I couldn't even like take on a few people, and I was like, a Native American in the woods could take on a fucking few people in a camp. So I just like died a bunch, and I was like, this is part of the next episode where I say I'm over games. And, Man, um, that sucks, yeah. dude. Cause you're hoping for some, like, you know, a little bit of uh, role playing, perhaps it's something that you identify with. I know you always look for native American representation or indigenous representation in I games know. of which there is precious little of. And yes. here's this game. Now, now quick question for you. Maybe you don't know this or maybe you do, but uh, in this particular game, the developers, aren't they all just a bunch of white guys or is there anybody native on the team? I think you said that last time we talked about it and I didn't do my research because we don't we do, don't do research on here, the show. Yeah. So I don't know if that what the answer is. And even if it is, um, I don't know. It's just more like leveling the ability of for someone to have fun with a game. This is going to be a reoccurring theme. I'm so over like difficulty, just fucking done with it. It's what made me be over games, which you know is the name I mean, of this episode. You are right on time, sir, because that is what is going on in the Twitter sphere right now. Like for the last few days, it really kicked off with Returnal, which we are going to get to in just a few minutes. Uh, but boy, ever since that hit, it has just been a nonstop discussion again about difficulty, difficulty, difficulty. Uh, and I think that you and I have our views for sure. I'm sure we will get to those as we cover these games ahead of us here. But that is what is on fire right now. Difficulty. Absolutely. 
Interesting. Well, we're part of the, uh, what do they call it? The microcosm? The zeitgeist. We zeitgeist the zeitgeist the right now. Yes. yes. All right. A couple more things, and then we'll get out this house that's uh, going to be clean. Uh, Game Builder Garage. This is a positive thing. Okay. This is one of the shining little beacons of hope. Uh, I have like three beacons of hope in this whole episode, and this is one of them. Game Builder Garage is coming out for Switch on June 11th, and it's a game creation toolkit, and it's like super easy. PC? No, it's for Switch. Oh, shit, on Switch. Interesting. I did not see that coming. No, Nintendo Switch Game Builder Garage. The trailer just dropped today, and it's like straight up like pick up and play, easy, move little buttons around, uh, make a quick game, you know, very Nintendo-fied, and going to open up a whole wealth of of new indie game creators i don't know how they're gonna do the the uh, discovery platform the distribution that was just what i was gonna ask you i know i don't know that information we don't do homework but if it is what what i wish it would be is that all of a sudden those games could go to the eShop? wow you know i mean that would be something to really investigate i know nintendo's got their own process but if there was a pipeline like that of people you know getting a little cottage industry going of like little homebrewed and then straight to the actual Switch, that'd be pretty amazing. So yeah. I, I we'll have to keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on that. Beacon of hope. Um, maybe something negative. I don't know. But I kind of, we both of us have been like, in quotes, over Resident Evil and its demo bullshit. Oh, yeah. I don't know about the game itself, but those demos are complete bullshit, yes. Well, it's basically what I hear. It is Resident Evil 4. So I think I said that last episode. I think I'm pretty sure I said that where I said the, the action felt like a Resident Evil 4 game and not like 7. Yes, exactly. And that's the consensus with all the reviews that are coming up. So basically people say, if you like an action-y type um, Resident Evil that's more like 4, that's what The Village is. Well, it's interesting because I just read an interview with one of um, Resident Evil's uh, developers. I, I apologize to the developer. I forget what his name was. Um, but he said basically they got feedback after Resident Evil 7 and found that it was too scary. Like People found like... They did not enjoy Resident Evil where they were constantly terrified. They wanted to have a mix of like scares, but then there's some action. Then maybe you're scared a little bit. Then you're kicking some ass. That that seems to be their discovery of where people like Resident Evil to be. And that was why they swung it back towards the action side. Because apparently a lot of people found Resident Evil way too fucking scary, myself included. Um, So this probably explains why it's more of an action romp this time around. Interesting. And it's it's interesting how much you swing, though, right? If you swing too far, which it sounds like they might have done, then it becomes then it's like a turnoff to both or like some other people, because it just sounds like it's a lot of action. I mean, there's definitely an arcade mode, too, like at the end, I guess, when you beat it, hmm. um, you can like do these kind of runs that feel like doom, they said, <laughs> which is really interesting. <laughs> That's so, interesting. OK. Yeah. So and also Lady... Dimestriu, whatever you Oh, name. Dimitrescu, yes. That's one. Uh, sh- I guess she doesn't show up in the game much at all. Oh, really? Yeah, she was like the the star. I thought she was going to be kind of like a uh, chase you through the house person, kind of like Nemesis or like Mr. X. No, and this is not like a spoiler. It's just kind of like informing people who listen to the podcast. But her like sisters, I don't know, like her three people that follow her that are like can turn into bats or something. They uh, show up a lot, and then she shows up very oh, little. Man, there's going to be a lot of really disappointed people tonight when they get that thing home and they get their little. I um, know. I was going to say get their box of tissues out, but whoa, that's yeah, a little too that's far. We're not going to say that. Much. We're going to we're going to reel that one. We're back. not going to say it, but I'm not going to edit it. <laughs> uh, so that's that. Resident Evil, and then one more thing: PlayStation has new sneakers out. I saw that. What was this all about? I saw. Is it an in-game item, but it's also a real-life item? Is that true? 
oh, I have no idea. I don't do any research. <laughs> I just saw the fucking video come up on YouTube, and the sneakers look terrible, in my opinion, and I will not buy them, and that's all. It's just a thing. Oh uh, Yeah, I saw I saw them pass my feed briefly, and I'm not really a shoe guy, so I didn't pay too much attention, but I thought, and anybody listening can correct me if I'm wrong, I thought it was a real-life sneaker, but also that sneaker appears in, I don't know, one game or another, so you could like have the sneakers on your feet while you're playing in a game with those sneakers on your character's feet is what I th- was. I thought it was. I could be totally wrong, but that was my takeaway. That could be a thing, but I also wouldn't want to wear them in a video game. So, <laughs> all right. Well, vitriol. Oh, vitriol. Vitriol. That is the word of the day. Take a drink there, Carlos. I, uh, I got to get a new drink. You got to have to refill that drink, buddy. Anything else left on your side of the house? Or we no. Good? And no. And I'll refill my drink when you do one of your, your reviews. Uh, <laughs> I'll be listening, though. Okay. So let's go on to the video games now. Let's get I'm on to the main mad. section of the show. Carlos is still mad, but we are plowing ahead. We're going to channel that anger into a positive channel. Uh, okay, so let's. We got a couple things here. Let's start off with Terminator Resistance. Uh, this is one that we I brought up. I think maybe it was last episode. Um, this is a first-person game based in the Terminator universe. Um, I'm not exactly sure where in the timeline it happens, but apparently it's supposed to be a canon story, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Um, you play a member of the resistance and you meet up with other survivors. Um, you have some like little discussion and dialogue and side quests with them in like a little hub. And then you go out and you do some uh, missions, killing Terminator robots of various kinds. There's the famous T-800. There's the flying kind. There's like little cr- creepy crawly kind on the ground, et cetera, et cetera. Um, this game I thought was going to be trash, but uh, Dan Weisenberger, a staff writer at Game Critics, spoke very highly of it, and when he told me of it, like, a year ago, I put it on my Gamefly queue, and I forgot about it, and then it just randomly got its turn. They sent it to me out of the blue, and I started playing it. I'm like, you know what? This is actually kind of good. I kind of like it. Talked about it, and then we both decided, you and I, Carlos, that we were going to pop for the full version because irony of ironies, literally, like, three days after I just randomly tried the Xbox One version... They they were releasing a upgraded, fully fleshed, I don't know, up-resed version enhanced for PS5 and Xbox X with with also some DLC, which had formerly only been PC, where you get to play as a Terminator searching for human members of the Resistance. So I thought that was crazy bit of timing. We both popped for it. I've put some time in. I assume you've put some time in, Carlos. Yep. All right, yep. let us... Oh, dear. Yep. Okay, so let's talk about this. Uh, full disclosure, I have had an extremely busy week, um, so I did not get as far in this game as I wanted to. I got as far as the hospital, which I believe is the second level. I don't know how many levels there are, but I just I just didn't have the time. Um, I got so, one past you. I got one past okay, you. Okay, so let's talk about this. Uh, I've given the description. Let's hear from you, Carlos, about what you think about Terminator Resistance so far. I'm over it. You're over it. Okay, do tell. Now, hold on. I am over it, but also I'm, I'm over all video games, but I'm also okay. over this for specific reasons. So like you said, I had noticed it pop up on PlayStation 4, uh, no, PlayStation 5 enhanced version coming out after you talked about it, like you said, and thought maybe the graphics would be like, you know, I don't know, much more shiny or something. Um, they're not that much better. Like there's no, I, I looked at the comparisons. You can talk about it as well because sure. you played the original first, but it, it's not like a PS5 game at all. It's just a PS4 with a couple different like filters turned on. Like you make Chrome look shiny, you know. The and, fire and is brighter is the only thing that I really noticed. Like the nice. fire has too much 
too much like light coming out of it and it it actually looks worse than the uh, xbox one version i think that's interesting quick tangent there's a lot to be done with uh ray tracing reflection um and just like light flares you know yeah, and yeah. hdr levels like again no um real th shade thrown here because developers are figuring it out but like there's a lot of that going on with enhanced versions of games yes and you don't know if they're really actually like remapping stuff it's more just like hey we can add all these new you know light sources so yeah it looks okay like it looks like a ps4 game yeah it uh, does not it does not look fancy it does not look fancy uh, the biggest problem I have, so you play as that character and, you know, like you said, you can go off on missions, which are some side quests, but you can do like the main campaign. Uh, it really feels like you just have to do all the side quests because they're all like really put together. There'd be like really no reason for you not it to do side quests. It would be silly to not do them, yes. Yeah. They're just, so it, they, so they don't feel like side quests. It just feels like an expanded campaign. Uh, you know, the dialogue's kind of cheesy. I, I don't know if like um, there's some language barrier again, but something seems off with the way people talk a little bit. Um, I was kind of excited because there's some romancing options, supposedly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the only girl that seems like she wants to flirt with you and you can romance, uh, I haven't romanced her yet, and I've gotten pretty far in the game. I'm not saying I'm like, you know, chomping the bit here. But uh, it, it doesn't seem like there's any real choice yet. And I've got I played... my eye on that old doctor lady. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, she's real ornery. On oh. me. <laughs> she's real mean. I so mean, I see I don't your know, type. I see feeling, your type. You know, you need a little, a little bit of spice going on there. Oh, she's got spice. She just wants to kick your ass. Is what she wants to do. <laughs> um, so I don't like her, but I do like the other girl. And yeah, it just doesn't seem like there's really what we thought might be the case, like the Walking Dead style mm -hmm, choices. Mm -hmm. I've played what twenty hours or something. I've played a lot, and I don't feel like I've made any real dent in choices. Wow, so, you got that far into it. You're like 20 hours into it, dude. That's that's is 20 crazy. hours wrong. I don't that know. seems like way too much. Uh, okay, maybe to, I'm wrong. I talked to Dan. He said the whole thing was like maybe 12 hours if you did everything. 12? Yeah. Really? He said he just flew through it like it was like an easy breezy. Okay, maybe I I don't know what time is. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've like taken out bases though. I've like done a lot of stuff. Okay. So, okay. Uh, anyways, it doesn't. I just don't feel like the. And again, it just might be expectation, but I don't feel any real choice going on not mm -hmm. too much mm -hmm. secondly and my most important thing uh which is we're going to tie into this whole episode first off it, it's too slow like your character moves way too fucking slow and i don't know i guess you can get some sort of like little uh, consumables that make you a little better at times i've always hated games where you have to take consumables to be faster or sure. like you know regenerate or whatever i just it just seems like such a waste so I just don't like how slow the character is. It's like he's just like prodding along, plodding along. Um, the drinks are taking effect. And <laughs> it, it just made you so frustrated that you couldn't dodge or really do any sort of nimble maneuvers. Yeah. And you're like fighting robots in the future. You know, maybe let me run and move and dodge. I don't know. Or slide or something. And the second thing is, it's, yeah, it's just too hard. Like there's very little ammo. You always are making health kits. I don't know what they're going for with this game. And it goes back to that thing about difficulty, which we'll hit many times in this podcast. I, I don't know who they're doing that for. What, what that, that level that they're gating it of the difficulty, because on one end, it's like an exploratory, story-driven, you know, you're doing these side, in quote, side missions, but they all don't feel like that. They feel like you need to have enough ammo 
you're going to fucking die. You don't move fast enough. And I just got frustrated. What difficulty are you playing on? Normal? I don't know. Well, see, that's, that's your mistake, dude. That's your mistake right there. Put it on. Why did you not put it on easy? I normally do. Not pun intended. But I, I didn't think this was going to be. I mean, how does this like market it as a difficult game? It looks like you're just going to go in and do a story type thing with some Terminators. I mean, I generally think of first person shooter players as like their own breed of person, right? Like I, I am not that guy. I am not Mr. First person. I generally don't like first person games as a rule, although I do play them every once in a while. If they seem to really have some good appeal. Uh, and so I'm like, I'm not a first person shooter guy. Like I, I don't want like nail biting skin of my teeth escapes and, you know, like just feel like I'm hanging on every second. I don't want, I don't want my adrenaline to rise when I'm playing this game. I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want to be excited when I'm playing this game. I want to just play this game and feel chill. like I'm, yeah, and just chill. I want to feel like I am totally safe. I want to feel like I'm just going through the story, killing some Terminators because I like the Terminator IP, like the movies. I, I, am, I am not here to prove myself in any way. Okay, so, I, I want to hear what you think about your version then of the easy mode because my my biggest issue is this though. It's not the shooting thing because if anything, I'm in a zone right now with like running and gunning and shooting. Like I have like this kind of, I don't know, something's going on where I'm like good at it. And so it's not that at all. It's the fact that I kept running out of ammo and the armor was like bullshit. Like you get hit a few times and you're like fucked. So it's it's the way they organize the game. It's not like being good at shooting. It's like I had always worrying about ammo. I never could move fast enough. And I just feel like the game was this weight on me that was like, uh, you know, like pushing me down when I was actually a better player than that. I have I have 100% not had that experience at all. What easy the mode, hell? Easy mode is super easy, dude. Like it's almost too easy. Wait, do but, you have enough ammo though? That's dude, my I got question. so much. I got I have never even come close to running out of ammo. I have so oh many health packs. I've got like goodness. 42 fucking health packs that I don't even need to use. I got so many resources. I don't have anything to buy because I've got so much fucking money. <laughs> 42 like, has to be a lie, though, because there's no way you could have. like. I, I definitely have more than 20. I have more than 20. Like, literally, I have more than 20. So and I don't. Oh, use them my ever. goodness. OK, so this would have caused a lot less vitriol my week if I just would have played easy mode. Yeah, because I, I did not come here for challenge. I came here to see how this ties into the Terminator story. I came here for the potential romance. I came here for the. The saving, you know, finding the stuffed teddy bear for the kid back at Terminator Survivor Camp or whatever. Like, that's what I'm here for. I'm not here to do, to prove myself in any way. I put on easy, and it is real easy on easy. It is super easy. Like I said, it's almost too easy. And I'm just kind of cruising, going through from checkpoint to checkpoint, having a pretty good time. I'm just, like, picking up resources, talking to folks, getting to the next objective. And like I said, I'm pretty early. I'm only, like, in the second main area. But so far, I'm just having really fun, a lot of fun. I got to the hospital and at this point in the game, you do not have the right weaponry to take on Terminators. Like whatever you have is just not effective. And so it becomes kind of like a horror game where you're like avoiding them and you're trying to hide from them and stuff. That was a pretty cool little sequence, I thought. Yeah, um, I like that. Yeah. So, so far, it's just like, I mean, you got to just put it on easy, man. It's like a whole different experience on easy. I wonder if I can switch. You know how some games don't let you? I do not know if you can switch mid-campaign. I have no idea. If not, I'm not playing this game again. I'm not going through easy mode again. Um, yeah, later on you get a plasma type gun, and that is the gun that can fight Terminators. And that I kept running out of ammo for. And mm. I was like, what the fuck? And I'm hitting them. It's not like I'm not hitting them, like missing all the time. So surprising that easy sounds better. 
Oh um, man, it is so easy. I mean, I think it's really good so far. It's, you know, the graphics are not great. Um, I mean, it's like basically like lower end Xbox one graphics, uh, maybe even a little bit, you know, high end. Um, I mean, it, it seems like kind of last gen and in last, last gen perhaps in some ways and the up res version the enhanced version, it's kind of a joke. Like I just played the Xbox one version last week. I'm playing the enhanced version this week. It looks worse. Like it's just brighter in bad ways. And there's like a little bit more shine on stuff, but overall, like I, I was totally fine with the older version. It looked good. I haven't played the infiltrator mode yet where you play as the Terminator. That sounds pretty interesting. Right. Um, but I wanted to finish the campaign first before I started killing humans. Um, so I will get through it. I'm having a pretty good time. Like it's, it's just chill. Um, the only, the only gripe I have about this game was like the menus are a little bit strange and I played for quite a while before I realized how big the skill tree was. I looked at the skill tree and I thought it was only three choices and I'm like, well, that's not very many skills. That's weird. Oh, um, you didn't see all the other pages. Yeah. I didn't see that there was other pages to it. And I got to like a lock and it's like lock pick skill, not high enough. And I'm like, well, how the fuck do I, f- there, how do I do that? I, what am I, what's going on? And so I jump on a wiki and they're like, oh yeah, it's upgrade your lockpick skill by hitting the tab. And I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't see that tab there. So that's on me. Didn't see the tab. Once I got past that, no problem. Level up the skills, lockpicking doors, shooting robots. Like, it's all just, it's exactly what I wanted, and it's just, it's rolling along. So I would say if anybody listening out there wants to just dip in for the Terminator content and not really test your first-person shooter skills, just put on easy and just roll through it, man. Just have a good time. Right, but quick tangent, and again, a, a reoccurring theme. Normal shouldn't have to be like the difficult mode. Like you shouldn't have to go to easy, right? It, I because, mean, so let's let's debate about that, right? So let's, let's 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 pause for a second here. What does that even mean? What does normal even mean? Like I don't even know what normal even means. And if you look I at don't the, either. If you look at the internet, we are going to talk about this when we get to Returnal. But so just we'll get back to this. But like you know, people were really aggressively talking about difficulty is the way it is. And if you can't hang, then fuck you because you're not a gamer and you don't deserve to have this experience and blah, blah, blah. A lot of gatekeeping, a lot of get good bullshit. But like, what is normal? I mean, does normal mean that you want to be constantly one health pack away from running out? Like you're always one mag away from being out of bullets. Is that what normal is supposed to be? Is it supposed to be like you're having a power fantasy where you're just steamrolling dudes? Is it supposed to be where you're dying every five steps because you're not good enough? I mean, I don't know what normal is even supposed to be, but I do notice. And, uh, you know, you can tell me what you think. I notice that in normal these days, it's usually skewing too, too much for me. Like it's asking me to do too much work. And I just I generally am not here for that. I'm here for fun. I am. Yeah. I've, I've cut my teeth, been playing games for like 35, actually more like fucking. Yeah, 35 fucking years, 40 years. I don't need to prove jack shit to anybody. And I just want to have a good time. And I find that when I stick with normal, it's making me work too hard. So I am Mr. Easy these days. No, I know. And to that point, if normal is supposed to be like skewing harder or like more stuff to do, like you said, like, why do we want to do more stuff? Like what? Yeah. Who's determined that? Like, I mean, maybe the maybe the 18 year olds who haven't had a girlfriend and can't, you know, got all that testosterone building up and they got to release it somehow. Maybe that's how they feel good about themselves is by playing games that are really difficult. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why anybody likes that really difficult games. I, I know that can't be it. I'm going to just say that's not it. I'm just going to go ahead and say that they can't be it because I've been that age and I've been that frustrated and been playing video games and it didn't make me feel better. Well, I, yeah, it was a firsthand experience. I was young playing video games in all the type scenarios you just said, frustrated, etc. And <laughs> No and outlet was, for those hormones. No outlet for hormones and was still pissed at Kid Icarus 
because that fucking eggplant guy kept turning my head to an eggplant. You think I was having fun? No. Okay, that's a real <laughs> quick tangent to Kid Icarus. <laughs> but the point is, yeah, who are you building it for? Yeah. And I mean, and good it question, is right? weird. Good question. It is weird. But by the way, I will say this as we leave the Terminator part. I do like some of the story stuff, and I like the idea of the illusion of maybe some choice. I haven't seen it enough. Like, it doesn't, it feels like it's not going down the road that I was thinking it was going down. And maybe that's my fault. I just like put my own assumptions there. But the point is, if it's not doing that story driven thing that you were supposedly there for on easy mode, then what's it doing? Because I, even on easy mode, even on easy mode, uh, it's more about like, I don't feel like the character is moving around fast enough. And, and when you said like, you know, it may be normal is like, you have to fight a lot of enemies. Well then I don't feel like I can move around like my point of view very fast either. So the whole thing doesn't feel like, like an outriders or something, right. Or a game where you're like Twitch shooting or returnal. It feels like it's an adventure, slow type shooter. See what I'm saying? So that's why I feel like it's so fucking in between that being in between made me so frustrated because I was like, I'm running out of ammo. I can't really move fast enough to do this kind of a taking out a million T-800s. So I'm just stuck. I I mean, I don't don't know. know. It seems to me like, you know, if you're here for the Terminator license and, you know, you want to just check out, be in that world for a little while, maybe that's what it's going for. I definitely wouldn't hold it up as... Uh, a quality FPS to like, you know, give to the people who really love those games. I would say, no, I mean, come for the Terminator stuff and don't come here for any other reason. But yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think it's not, it's not built that way. And I, I'm, you know, it's kind of in that weird middle ground. I would agree. It started uh, my, this whole episode of me being over games. So this, this is the game that did it because I was like real into it. And I knew we were both playing it for the show. And I was like, I'm just going to lose myself in this world. Like you just said, I'm going to be in the Terminator world for a while I'm going to like romance somebody. And it just kept dying and running out of ammo. And I was like, oh, I'm over games. <laughs> maybe you're maybe you're over normal mode is what you're over. Uh, what, but uh, yeah, well, we just did that. How can I be over normal games? Just be oh, just be you're like be Mr. Easy like me, man. Just put on easy and have fun. Like, don't be you're not going to be over fun. You're going to like fun. I'm over developers choosing these rules. OK, let's move on. Oh, that's a that's a that's a whole other side uh, side discussion podcast topic. That's a big that's a big topic. OK, let's move on. Um, bringing to the show second extinction. Uh, I'm playing it on Xbox X. It is currently in the early access preview program. Uh, I was provided a code by the developers to talk about it on the show, which is exactly what I am doing right now. Uh, this uh, we previewed this a while ago at Game Critics, and I believe it was also Dan Weissenberger who who Dan covers a lot of games, uh, who told me that he thought it was pretty cool. So that was what got me perked up about it. Otherwise, I don't think I would have bothered with it, and I guess I probably shouldn't have bothered with it. Um, Dan likes oh. this one a lot more than I do. I think no skin off. Uh, my nose and no shade to Dan. I just think he probably likes it a lot more than I do. This is basically a first person shooter where your base is in space and you're uh, orbiting a planet that is, I, mean, I guess, is it Earth? I don't even know if it's even Earth. You're just like above a planet where dinosaurs have appeared or maybe reappeared. And they're all sorts of weird dinosaurs, um, like little raptor types and T-Rex types. And they all look a little bit different and they got different powers and stuff. And so what you do is you drop down from your ship that's orbiting, drop down onto the planet. You pick an, a, a drop zone. There's like five or six different zones. And each zone will have like a temperature to it, like green and cool will be like, oh, yeah, it's all mellow here. Minimal dinosaurs. And then when it's really hot, it'll be like, oh, crazy dinosaurs, like super 
death zone. Watch yourself Super in here. Super hot dinosaurs. Super hot dinosaurs over here. Um, so you just drop down and play. Um, I guess my first issue with this game, and again, full you know, full disclosure, it's in early access mode. It's not finished. Maybe they're going to still work on it. But like, I just didn't get a lot of information from this game. Like, they don't tell you a lot. They seem to kind of expect you to kind of just know things on your own. And I don't know whether they're going to be adding better tutorials later or maybe they think it's good enough or maybe it's one of those situations where a developer plays their own game for a million years and then they forget what it's like to not play that game for a million years. But like I started playing the game and I just like I'm like, what am I supposed to be doing? I dropped down to the surface and it's just like I'm here. Now what? Like I just there's dinosaurs and I shot a couple dinosaurs and I just like am, am I doing something like what's happening? Like I'm trying to find little pips on the map and I walk over there there's these tiny little objectives that you do like collect three dinosaur eggs you pick them up and you put them in a rocket and send the rocket back to orbit or you find a radar station and you push a button and the radar station turns on and it's like hooray you did these things there's no tutorial then I mean there kind of is it just tells you about the basic movement like you know this button shoots this button dodges but like they don't really like explain to you like what the flow of the game is or like, what is your ultimate goal or like mm. what, you know, they just like, here's how you move. Here's how, here's what you do. Here's what the buttons do. And then go for it. And I'm like, okay, but like, I don't like, what's the story really? Is there, are there narrative objectives? Is it just, it seems like they just drop you into this kind of open world and expect you just that you're there, that that's good enough. And that's fun enough. And I was like kind of lost at first. So I just was wandering around and then I had my son join me um, because he loves those games a lot more than I do. And he and I played a little bit together and it just, I found this game to be really fucking annoying. Like it's really dark. The graphics are really dark and really muddy and gray. And I was dying for some color. I was dying for some light. I just wanted to see more. I wanted it to be brighter. And I just feel like everything, like we were just trapped in mud world, like the entire time. And it just was really boring to look at and drab. Uh, The character design I felt like was incredibly boring. Like I looked at, I think there's like five different characters to choose from. Heavy gunner, shotgunner, sniper, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, I don't want any of these people. Where's the cool people at? Like, these mm. people don't look cool. And the guns just don't feel great. Like, the dinosaurs come at you really fast. Like, like too fast for me. And again, as like I just said a minute ago, I'm not a first-person shooter guy. Maybe this is great if you are an FPS person. Like, if you play all the FPSs, maybe this is no big deal. But I don't play them that often. And to me, I was like, wow, these guys are coming at me real fast from all sides. And I'm having a real hard time keeping up. And this is just not really fun. Um, and it's supposed to be like a multiplayer game, right? Like, yeah, that's the like, whole idea. Yeah, I mean, I think the whole idea is you go down with a squad or something. Um, I yeah, was yeah. in no more than a squad of two. I think you can go with four, I believe. But it's still, I mean, what I was seeing didn't make me want to find two other friends. I was like, I want to play something else. Um, the Also, I was really frustrated with the mobility in this game. There's lots of hills and um, slopes and like little things. You can jump up a ledge. But if there's a slope, fuck you, buddy. You're out of luck. You cannot walk up a slope. I was like, I was stunned the first time we had a little uh, objective at the top of a slope. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's right here. I'm just going to grab these dinosaurs here. And then my die like slips down the hill. I'm like, what the oh, hell? Oh, that's this is, the shittiest. Yeah, this is not a steep mountain. I'm not on fucking Pike's Peak here. This is like uh, like a, a gen- like even me in real life, me, myself, my weak ass, asthmatic, chubby self. I could <laughs> I could climb this hill. No problem, dude. Like this is not even a barrier to me. And this guy in this game can't climb up this hill. And I'm like, how the fuck? I was circling the hill trying to find a slope that was gentle enough. 
for him Gen to go so. up. I'm like, I'm like, dude. He's please. a dinosaur hunter. I mean, come on. I know, right? And so we just we walked around in Mud World, and it was brown and drab and dull, and the guns didn't feel great. The combat didn't feel great. We weren't doing anything that was really exciting. I didn't really get a good sense of like what we were here to do. And then at the end of it, I'm like, okay, I'm done now. What do we do? And I'm looking at my son, and he's looking at me, and I'm like, uh, what, do we just exit to menu? Like, what a, what's the pro? I mean, we eventually figured out you got to go to this one particular base. You got to call for an extraction. I don't remember them ever telling that uh, information in the in the tutorial. I don't Jeez know. Louise. We just like kind of figured it out on accident. And I'm like, you know, like I, I'm not here for this, right? Like, you want me to get in your game? Bring me in. Make me feel excited about this. Make me feel welcome. Just having this thing exist and putting me in it is not enough to sell me. And this game, again, early access. They probably have some more work to do. I totally get that. Um, I'm probably not going to come back to it. I'm probably not going to stick around and watch it grow because what I've seen so far really just dull, um, not appealing in any way. And there's probably other games that I would rather play in if I want this kind of action than this one. So overall, really negative experience. And I, I could not wait to be done with it. Brad is over video games too. We're both over video games. This is the episode. I'm over Cross that one. I am over that one. That is uh, for sure. By the way, that flashback to last episode, we were like, we're going to play this game together. And now I'm like, glad I didn't. Oh God, it is. I just, I'm, I'm playing this game. And I'm just like, how did anybody think this is fun, man? Like, I just don't. It's just, maybe it's not for me. I don't know. But like playing this game, I was like zero fun factor, man. Zero. Uh, by the way, just a quick tangent. Um, I definitely was part of early days of Scavengers, which I've mentioned on this show a lot. Yes. And uh, it's out right now in early access. I think anybody can play it on Steam. But um, I bring it up because they have a tutorial that does exactly what you are asking for. Uh, where it's like, hey, here's what the world building is. Here's what happens at the end of a match. Yes, and, tell me that stuff. Yeah. I want to know. I absolutely do. I think it's really fucking important. I remember them like focusing on that, and they're like, "We got to get this down because." And you do that as a one-player game, like you don't have to play it with other people, right? Just go through the tutorial stuff. Yeah. Absolutely, sure. Absolutely. I bring it up because it's a good thing for other developers to do, especially with like those multiplayer games where you want to jump in, like the PUBGs of the world. Yeah. Like I don't think enough of them have that mode where you're like, "I'm just going to not be online." In quotes. You know, with like 8,000 people like right. teabagging me, um, I can actually just go through this thing and it says, this is what you do. Man, that's fucking great. Like yeah, more developers that, do dude. that. I absolutely 100% agree. That reminds me of when I tried to jump back into Warframe a couple uh, a couple weeks ago. I, I wrote a motherfucking guide on how to start playing Warframe a couple years ago. I wrote a guide about it because I like Warframe so much. Got posters, got statues, got shirts. I love Warframe, but I haven't played it for two, maybe two years came back to it a couple weeks ago. I absolutely forgot how to play Warframe. I had ah, no idea what ah. I was doing. Didn't remember anything. And I'm like, oh my God, I wish there was an offline mode where it was like, hey, welcome back. You haven't been here for two years. Here's how you play. Here's what the buttons do. You probably forgot. Here's how you do a mission. You probably forgot. Here's where you go to get your, your credits. You probably forgot. Like, yeah, man, I fucking forgot. I wrote a guide and then I forgot. <laughs> okay. And I went yeah. back to my guide and I'm like, it's so outdated right now. None of this is good to me anymore. I need a new guide. And I'm like, okay, like, agree. Games need this kind of like, especially like living games or like a game of service sort of thing when like it could be out for two, three years, whatever. If somebody drops out and comes back in, make it easy for them to come back in. And this game, Second Extinction, absolutely needs that kind of like one player. Hey, man, we're going to walk you through all the A to Z. Here's a bogus offline mission. Just do it real quick. It'll remind you what to do. I would love that. Yes, please do that. All developers listening, please do that. 
There we go. We got to something good out of it. There we go. Uh, I want to get back to vitriol, though. Can I? We are getting back to vitriol yes. because we are talking about Returnal. Now, I... Okay, so setting this up. This is the first AAA game from Housemark. They have put out several games for Sony consoles in the past. Super Stardust, I believe. Uh, a couple other ones um, that they... They've all been kind of like indie shooter, bullet hell sort of things. Like small arcade action this is a giant departure for them where you are third person real time action and roguelike and, you know, like a lot of shooting and stuff, bullet hell combination stuff. Uh, so it's out. It's Sony's big game for the right now released at a full seventy dollars, uh, which caused a couple eyebrows to raise mine included. And it set off a firestorm of games discourse. Um, I'm sure we're going to get into that in a minute. I haven't played this game at all. I, I went to the e. Uh, I did not go to the eShop. I was going to say the it PSN. It wasn't on the eShop. It was not yeah. on the eShop. It was yeah. so weird. I couldn't find it anywhere. I went to the PSN shop and I had like 40, 50 bucks and I was ready to pop for it. And I saw it was 70 and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not going to pay 70 bucks for this. So I paused, uh, put it on my Gamefly queue. I'll play it at some point. Um, got some more comments. I'm going to pause, but you popped for it. You took that bullet for all of us, Carlos. You walked so that we could run away from a $70 price tag. Uh, and we thank you for I that, sure man. Did. We thank you for your service. Absolutely. So You're welcome. please do tell uh, about Returnal. Hold on. Let me take a drink. Oh, he's got he's got to lube up first, folks. It's coming. Watch out. Yeah, I'm, o- I'm over Eternal. Returnal. What's it called? Returnal. Yeah, that's it. I'm over that game. Uh, so here's the deal. Yeah, I did take the uh, the bullet and I paid the $70. Um there's a positive and negative here. It's more negative than positive. Uh, but before we get into it, you, you'd mentioned they had, it's a, quite a departure for the developer. Big departure. That, that is true, but caveat, asterisk. They made Dead Nation. Now, I don't know if you played that game, but I did. Oh, I did play Dead Nation. Yes, it is. Yeah. Top down, yes. Uh-huh. And that's actually pretty close to this game in, in a way, in the fact that that's a top-down game. But it's a you're shooting a bunch of enemies there's kind of some bullety stuff, but it's yes. also you're shooting enemies. So it's using the shooting, but also like enemies and a world building thing and, you know, with zombies. Right? That's a good point. I forgot they made that game. So, yeah, definitely yeah. a top down version of this. OK. Yeah. OK. So Makes I think sense. this is the third person version of that. Um, and the, I'll say the positives first. The positives are this is a straight up motherfucking PS5 game. Like it is one of the most beautiful things I've seen on console, period, full stop. Uh, I think it's stunning. It, the, the the detail and texture of some like just even simple architecture of like walls and stuff seem unreal. Like some of like the you know tombstones and weird gates and stuff you find. I did a little video I put up on YouTube, uh, like as YouTube short, and it got like all these views because it was just me finding all these cool scenes, you know, in the world. So the world is amazing. I'll explain the game in a minute, but that's the thing that I like the most. Like it's just fucking stunning. And what is the game? Well, you play as a woman astronaut who lands on a planet that has a distress signal, and you've got to figure out what's going on with this planet, why did you crash, uh, what's here, and kind of look at this alien um, landscape that's all over the place. Weird tombs, weird statues, just weird shit like fucking parasites and monsters, and of course, obviously, a million enemies, which, as you saw in one of my early videos that I tweeted, a lot of them do shoot bullets, right? Yes. Which is a little weird, and I think your tweet was like, this doesn't fit in this game. Um, 
It looks it, weird to me to see bullet hell patterns in a third person action game like this. Right. And I'm, I'm giving you credit for like some of the enemies. Like I mentioned, it does look weird. You're like, why are you shooting like a, like a, an array or a spray shot of bullets <laughs> um, when you're like a lizard or something? Yeah. Yeah. But to, to the credit of the game, another positive, there's so many different monsters in this game. They all do different things. They some don't even shoot, you know, like they don't all like just shoot bullets and they are all shooting bullets the same way. So like one of the bosses in that early first board uh, shot like a, a huge like one shot. It just felt like a ray, like a ray gun or something, you know, and then other ones shot weird little pellets and stuff. But so it's it's very diverse in their attack. OK, that's fair. Um, but what are you doing in the game? Basically, it's a roguelike. I thought I might be like, this is the roguelike for me because it's third person. It looks really cool. And I like the story because the story-based like elements, they drop throughout the level. So there's one massive level. There are different biomes, let's call them. And so the first biome is like procedurally generated, many different rooms, which are like, you know, worlds, like parts of the world. And in each like map area, You'll find things like monsters that you got to beat to get resources, etc., or like a shop, you know, like standard roguelike uh, where you can spend resources you have to buy things for your character. And then at the end of each like major section, there's a boss. And of course, they're like way too fucking hard and you could never beat them on your first run ever unless you're like, I don't know, someone out there saying like, Carlos, I did it in three seconds. <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, there's is. people out there who are doing that. Like the people who are engaging in the difficulty discourse, they're the people who are like, you know, not every game is for everybody. And if you can't play this, then it's not for you. And this is the experience the developers intended. And it's their artistic right. And blah, 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 blah. All you hear is the sound of their fucking wanking off in the fucking distance. Like, I just hear, I hear the Swedish chef. Dirty, 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 No, to that, I'll actually talk to that point in a minute. So remind me about that, what, what they said. Um, but in general, that's the game. There is like um, some very interesting elements where not only are you getting resources to upgrade yourself for the run, right? Not like permanently, but you are getting a few things that are permanent, like uh, health upgrades and, you know, things that can and those actually carry over between runs, carry over. But the things that carry over are so small. Okay. There's literally like one resource that, that helps you unlock things. And every once in a while, you get a couple of new like abilities, but they are so limited which is, I'm sure, what kicked off a lot of this kind of difficult discussion because I'd done a bunch of runs and didn't really feel stronger. And the only reason I got better at the game uh, as I continued playing before I'm over video games and I quit the game uh, is because I looked at a YouTube video that said, hey, do it this way and you'll be okay or you'll be better, which was this way, by the way, is you go through the level and clear out enemies and then don't open chests because you need to like increase your weapon proficiency. There's a lot of systems. In this I don't game. even know what that means, but I'm sure you, it makes sense in the game. Not really. There's like eight systems and they are all really, you got to get into all of them. And so once you do that, you go back and open the chest and now you're, the weapons you get out of those chests are stronger. And, you know, of course they're not going to tell you that you just got to figure it out. You know, that's what these games are about nowadays. Figure it out, kid. Um, <laughs> So anyways, I won't go into all the systems because I am officially over this game. But the other positives are the triggers, adaptive triggers are really cool. You like lightly touch on the trigger and it aims. You push down further, which is a little harder to do. And it does the special move 
uh, the raindrops in this world. You can feel them on the controller, just like Astro. Um, and, and it's really cool. I mean, they're doing so many cool things on the graphics and world building. And there's cutscenes in this game. Like, like if you get enough lore bits, there's like little cutscenes and little moments. And it's such a cool world that the disservice they did is the difficulty curve. So one thing is there's no save in the game. Okay. I have heard that. That was a big point of contention for many, many people. Doesn't make any sense. There's it's serving nobody because a lot of people are like crashing or like the, the, the PS5 goes off for a minute and now you're fucking fucked. Uh, stupid. Like in even the game we just played, what was it? Uh, Devil Slayer. Yeah. There's a save. I, you know, some people were bringing to my attention, oh, what uh, roguelikes don't have saves, to which I'm sorry, I am Mr. Roguelike. You do not step to me with that kind of nonsense. Most roguelikes have some kind of a save. It may yeah. not be a, a quote-unquote scummable save, which I don't really like that word, but I think people will know what I mean, where you know, you can't die and then reload the save and then die reload. It's like you save because you got to go take a dump or something, and then you yeah. come back, and you just get back in that save, and then the save disappears once you come back. But they do acknowledge the fact that you have a, a life. Like, you may have a wife and kids. You may have a job. Your phone might ring. You may need to get a Zoom call. You may need to go eat and drink something. Like, most roguelikes these days have some kind of suspend save, or a return and continue that is not really scummable. There's no point in not having what you just exactly, said. Exactly, exactly. So to, to the difficulty part, and I will say a couple other positives on the way out, but um, it was just so frustrating because I was so excited. Obviously, you know, Brad, I was so excited about this game. You were a lot of super excited. You were $70 excited, brother. $70 excited. And in the beginning, here's the part that's the worst. And it reminded me of Terminator, where, again, expectations, etc., but it was getting me more and more like I'm over games because the expectation was, oh, wow, um, this is some wor- beautiful graphics, world building, right? When there's like amazing like graphics in these cutscenes, Crazy. And all you want to do when you see amazing graphics is you want to see more of them, right? Sure. Like they're, they're setting you up going, hey, here's this fucking crazy story. What's going on here? Oh, wait, you'll never get to that beat that first boss for like, I don't know, another few hours or something, or maybe longer or ever. So (laughs) we're going to dangle that in front of you. And that's the worst, right? Um, I'll say this other positive. Halfway through the game, minor spoiler, halfway through the first world. So this is not a much of a spoiler. They, they, they set this idea up that they're going to give a story in each of these biomes. And you get to go into a house. That's like a flashback scene. Okay. Mm Hmm. It, when I went into there, it was like PT all of a sudden. And I was like, whoa, this is fun. It's like genre bending. That's like, uh, it was first person. It was first person. Okay. Flashback. And it was like really cool. And I was like, oh, I'm going to learn more story. And that was it. Like that, I got one little dialed, you know, dialed out, doled out thing. Uh, and then you just want more of that because it's just so beautiful and, and so cool. I just don't know. It's similar to Terminator where it's like, who are they making it for? Because if it's just difficult for difficult sake, then it just seems like a lot of the graphics and a lot of the beautiful quality of life stuff and world building they're doing, it's just getting lost because I, I expect a ton of people are going to just nope out and they won't see those things you fucking built because you didn't build a simple thing like a save or like, I don't know, um, you know, just make it a little bit easier. Here's a, here's a fun story. I was so excited and so in this shooting mode of like me being really good at games, all of a sudden I thought I got to the boss in like the second or third run 
which is unheard of because you know if you heard from online, this game's fucking tough. Sure. I get to the boss. I had a little special item that like brought me back from the dead once, and I was like, oh, I got this. I was just feeling real good, and I was You're feeling it, man. You had, feeling you had, it. You're feeling it. And I was like, this is the best purchase. I'm so glad I spent $70. <laughs> this is my night. And I was like, it's third, second or third run. And I get to him, and uh, he's, again, bullet spongy. I, I don't know what that's about in games. Fuck you forever, developers. I'm over bullet sponging. And after I got through his first form, right, oh, second form popped forms. up. Same, same health bar. Same health bar, which was insane. Right, second second form, same health bar. I died once, got my little come back to life. Use you know, your item, sure. Item, got him a bunch. He had a third form. Uh, same oh, health bar, same man. health bar. Okay, that's the first one of the first biome. Fuck you, game. <laughs> right, because it, what I'm trying to say, and I'm doing, I think, a terrible job because I'm drinking, but is there's a lot of beautifulness and awesomeness in this game, and the controller feels so good. And by the way, the controls feel tight and fun, like really good. But then to penalize you for liking their game, they're going to (laughs) throw these fucking bullshit things. Like, you can't get the weapons right away because you have to go back and backtrack to the whole level. You can't save the game. Uh, There's things that are called malignant things that help you and also hurt you. Because we want to do that in the game. You can literally pick up a power item that will help you and also like sure. damage you in some way. Yeah, yeah. So like the a whole thing. Sure. Yeah, yeah, the sure. whole game is fucking cursed. It's like, what are you doing this for? Because there's so much positivity. And then it's just fucking goes out the door and Carl's rage quits. Well, see, this is this is this is all very interesting, right? Because um, you know, Housemark's games have never been like giant selling blockbusters they've all been kind of niche experiences and then you take a look at what a bullet hell game is and those are pretty niche experiences as well i'm trying to think of like a blockbuster mass market bullet hell and i'm failing to think of one and you look at roguelikes that is super niche i mean i love them but i know they're a niche not many people really get into them um and so they kind of have a lot of these like really niche elements and then they wrapped it all up in this like hyper hyper shining triple a wrapper which I'm guessing is probably leading to a lot of the bouncing off of this game. Because, I mean, there's definitely a contingent of people who are like, this game is rad, I love everything it does, I beat it last night in one sitting, totally no problem. Like, and if that's you, cool. Like, enjoy yourself, enjoy your skill, enjoy, you know, enjoy the game, that's fine. But clearly that's not working for a lot of people, right? Like, the no save, and I've heard the difficulty is very steep, and I've heard the control setup is kind of weird unless you monkey the buttons around. Um, I mean, there's... There's a lot of stuff in here that I think the average gamer who is not experienced in bullet hell and or roguelike is probably going to be super a fan of right off the bat. And it's kind of misleading that you have this AAA presentation with this kind of like indie skewing sort of gameplay. So, oh, that's interesting to me. I was very curious about how that was going to go over. And it does seem to, to be really splitting the audience pretty hardcore down the middle. Well, um, I will say can, also, oh, God, can yeah, I go say something to that? Yeah, though, yeah, Hook? yeah, is because I think you're right, but also just similar to Terminator as well, in my in my opinion of it, is that you can do that and the game can be a style. And, you know, I know that it, roguelikes aren't my main thing. Yes, you're right that the rapper is kind of a misdirect, right? A little because bit, yeah. it's like this amazing story. And wait to see those graphics and just watch a cutscene. It's like insane. You're like, holy crap, I really want to be in this world. It looks great, Misdirect. Yeah. But the other thing is, even if you're going to build a roguelike, we both agree that you should have a save. And we also... 
the things that they put in there, they just feel like they're all working against the player. Right. So like, right. like even if you're building something that's difficult, get good, whatever it's called, build something that allows me to do, to do things to get myself better and not just keep hurting me. Right. Because if that's a type of game, I mean, even I will say this about Dark Souls and those games, I feel like there are like techniques and you, you know, you get good at certain things, but it, this one just felt like, yeah, all the power-ups you can get could also fuck you. Um, also, you keep nothing at the end of it, which I guess is a roguelike thing. But then they flirt with like letting you keep some things, but they're not enough. So yeah. I think they just fucking failed when it comes to even, to your point, the form they were going for. I mean, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Again, I haven't played this. I'm only going off of what, what I've heard and what I've, people have told me. So I don't want to sound like I'm trying to be the expert here or anything. But like I know a lot about roguelikes. And it takes a lot to get a good roguelike right. Like you have to have a good balance of, you know, the feeling of peril. If you lose a run, like you got to have that tension that kind of keeps you going. But also there has to be, in modern roguelikes anyway, something permanent to keep you going. So if you do fail a run, then you feel like at least it wasn't a total loss. You got to have the difficulty balance just right. I mean, there's lots of factors that go into it. And just being hard or harsh to the player is not really enough. Like, I don't think that's the proper way to go about it. And it seems to me, just based off observation, that maybe Housemark has not nailed their approach to the roguelike aspect of it i mean i think they probably have more experience with bullet hell than they do roguelike um so i think that's raising some questions and especially in combination with the fact that they're going to be hitting a huge audience who is coming to this for the graphics not not really coming to it for the roguelike aspect exactly. people are coming to it for the graphics so you would think that they would want to skew it a little bit easier for all these people who maybe have never played a roguelike in their lives, right? Like right. this is going to be a shock to the system. So I do think it's really interesting that they decided to go so hard. Perhaps they were chasing some of that like Dark Souls slash, uh, you know, Bloodborne contingent. But I even that has an artistry to it and a different balance um, that isn't really hitting the same way that this is hitting. Um, I will say a lot of people really, really got upset about the lack of a save because apparently if you're going to finish this game, you have to finish it in one run. And I was speaking to a few people online who have finished it, and they say a run can be anywhere between an hour and a half to three hours, which, you know, depending on your life situation, sometimes you don't have three hours in a row. Sometimes you need to go get up and go do something. And some people are saying, well, you can put your, your PlayStation in uh, sleep mode or whatever. I mean, I guess if it doesn't glitch out, if you don't lose your power, if you don't forget to turn it off, I mean, I guess that's the solution. But, I mean, lots of games have save. Save is just like a baseline expectation. Come also, on. yeah, I mean, also... Um, the developers did tweet and say they have been hearing the feedback. The feedback, there has been some feedback to say it's great, but there's been a lot of feedback to saying what the fuck is going on in this game, it's too hard, etc., etc. Developers said they have heard the feedback, they are going to be making changes. Um, I would not be surprised if a save shows up pretty soon, and I was talking to people earlier yesterday, uh, after the latest patch dropped, and they said they felt like it was noticeably easier, like they were having less enemies, enemies were hitting less, uh, less for less damage, they were picking up more health ups. They're like, you know, I feel like it's easier after that first patch. Unfortunately, um, that patch is causing some problems. And so the developers had to revert back to the previous mode. Something about that new patch fucked things up. And the game is apparently pretty glitchy. I've heard lots of people say um, the door is locked and you can't open the doors. And sometimes a glitch happens and you lose your run through no fault of your own. And in a roguelike with no saves, that's pretty fucking disappointing. So like we always say on the show, like we always, always say, Sometimes, almost always, and in fact, I'm going to say always. I know, the best you, know time, my, you know my thought of this. The best time to play any game in the modern era is at least six months after release because Disagree. these bugs are going to get, I don't know, man. I think you're with me on this one. It's going to get easier. They're going to put in a save. 
They're going to have possibly difficulty settings. Who knows? It's going to be a smoother, less glitchy, more polished experience. That's probably going to be way more approachable in six months, man. If you come back to it in six months, I bet you it will be a significantly okay. different experience. Here, here's Okay. I have so many tangents. This episode, I, we need to rein it in. But here it is. First off... If it, like to your point, actually, I think you said this one time on the podcast. If you're gonna, you know, wait that long and there's that much to change, then what did you fucking build? All right, agree, agree, one hundred percent. We can agree on that. Like, agree. what are you building in the beginning? Because you're trying to put your best foot forward, and now what is this yeah. foot? I don't Y'all know misread, misread the market there. Yeah, and by the way, to my point earlier in the episode. Uh, Cyberpunk, even with its fucking glitches, had a great story and fun side missions, and was great. In, in its first run, in my opinion. That was confirmed. Uh, okay. Secondly, to your point about the length, that's what I forgot to, to talk about. Yes, you can have roguelike. Yes, you can have difficult things. Yes, you can, I think, fuck up a lot of the difficulty. But the length of time, because it is an open world, in quotes, meaning like these little rooms you go to are huge sections of world, right? Mm-hmm. And some are small, some are bigger, but a lot of them are like, jumping up on platforms, going to teleporters, like really like, you know, an open world would have. And if you're doing that, even if you're in quotes, get good, it doesn't even matter if you're good. It's just going to take you a while to traverse this fucking thing. Right. Yeah. And that I think is the miss of the mark on this whole game premise, really, because the game wants you to explore. There's fucking like open world notes that you find. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like find the little recorder. So it tells you about the world book world building. So if you're doing that, you're not going to make be making a quick run. You know, I went to a fucking house and went inside a house and had a first person experience. You think I was supposed to like go through that quickly? So that's the problem is that and I was only in one biome and it took me a long time to just explore that place. Yeah. And then even if I go back and know where everything is, it's procedurally generated. So I can't like, you know, can't just out. go back to that same thing again. No, yeah. not at all. So I go through and I'm like, oh, now this is all fucking, now there's a cliff. I have to jump up this cliff or whatever. So I think that's the one of the biggest problems, and I think you alluded to it, is just the time it takes to even beat one level is crazy. Like, the save is normal. Like, they should have a save. That's just, of course. Right, right. But that doesn't even help, really. Like, I'm talking about genre fucked upness. You know, like, it seems like <laughs> this is an open world exploratory game with beautiful graphics and amazing things that they do on the controller. But also it's like, don't ignore all of that. Just do all the right things to get your character in the right way and then beat the boss. That does seem to be kind of contrary design principles. That's there. exactly like it. That's exactly it's it. It's like a focused, hyper intense roguelike, or is it a screw around, explore the world and take in the atmosphere? Kind right. of it seems to be trying to have its cake and eat it too. And I'm not sure that's possible. No, I don't want this cake. I don't want. I don't, <laughs> I don't want I don't, this cake anymore. <laughs> I don't want this cake. I'm over. I'm over video games, and difficulty is doing it. You know, it's going to come up again before this episode's over. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that is Returnal. We may talk about uh, it. I'm planning. To, I'm. I. I like the look of this game. This seems like it is kind of in my ballpark. But with all the stuff going on right now with the save and the difficulty and the glitchiness and all this stuff, I'm just going to let it chill. I'm going to come back to it in six months when I catch it on sale or something. Maybe I'll get like an end of the year sale or something. I'm in no rush because this game to me, feels like it has not reached its final form yet. Like that boss, we have not hit the third life bar yet, and I'm waiting to, before I bust out all my... my. I'm not going to pay 70 bucks for it. I'll pay 40 bucks for it. I might even pay 50 bucks for it. I'm not going to pay 70 bucks for it. But when it hits that when it hits that mark, I'm in, 
and then we'll see. And I bet you anything, it'll be better in six months than it is right now. So, by the way, is, I didn't notice, I didn't see any glitches, but I did see the door, like you said, the door is not opening. Mm-hmm. I think you might have mentioned that. That happened. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wait, there's no save. And the door doesn't open. And I can't go anywhere. That's so been happening to I, a lot of people from what I yeah. hear. Yeah. I was like, so I guess I'll turn off the PlayStation and maybe I'll come when I come back, the door will be open. You'll lose um, your run when you turn that thing off. Oh, I think I lost my run. Yeah, I yep. think I just lost there my run. Go. So, yep. yeah. That's a problem to be solved. Vitriol. Vitriol. Okay. That was Returnal. Um, one more game to talk about from you, Carlos, but I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, Monster Hunter Rise. I know we talked about it recently. Um, I've been putting more time into it, playing a lot with a wife. Like I'll do a little bit while I'm in bed or like when the wife has a few minutes, we'll jump on and do a quest or something. And at the time that I talked about it earlier, I was like, you know, I feel like it's probably in the running to be like the best monster hunter. Uh, But I wasn't a hundred percent sure because I mean, there's been a lot of monster hunter games. Uh, A lot of good games. I've really enjoyed. I really enjoyed monster hunter freedom unite, really enjoyed monster hunter Four ultimate. Those are all excellent games. There's a lot of other ones in between that too. Uh, But I, would have to say that now that I've put all this time into rise and spent so much time, I think this is really it, man. I think they have really hit like peak monster hunter right now. Um, I'm not going to say that it's the easiest to get into because I think all monster hunters are difficult to get into even this one, but the systems are streamlined. The changes they've made to the weapons are great. I mean, that's super playable. It's super fast. They've got rid of a lot of the speed bumps. I mean, I'm just getting in, having a good experience, getting out 5, 10, 15 minutes, like just doing something real quick, getting out. Playing with people is really fun and easy. I can jump on like 24-7 and, and find a game to play with somebody, and it's all good. Like we're all working together, and there's no trolling or anything like that. Um, really, really enjoying it a lot. And some of the other systems I think are pretty cool, as I've been discovering. Just today, uh, I've been playing it all this time. I just found out today that if you are an endgame player, like I am now, and you go back to help somebody who is at the beginning of the game, you actually get special rewards for being generous and helping those people out. Like, there's not really anything for you to get out of it because you don't need that stuff anymore because you're in endgame, right? But if you just show up and help people out who are struggling, who are, I just made my first sword, and this is my first monster, and I'm getting my ass kicked, and this is really hard. Like, if mm-hmm. you show up like this avenging angel out of the blue, right? Well, like your top end gear, your giant fucking sword, or your machine gun, or like, you know, and your laser axe or anything and you help these people out, like you get actually special rewards for doing that. And I think that's really awesome that they put in a system like that to like reward the community building itself up, right? Like that's a pretty cool yeah, thing. Yeah, that's cool. Really love that. They just dropped their first uh, DLC, I think it was last week, to expand. I think it added like four or six monsters to the mix. So if you're at Endgame, there's more stuff for you to do. A lot of really cool monsters, a lot of fan favorites showing up. A lot of uh, limited time quests are going to start popping up. I mean, there's tons of stuff to do. It looks good. It feels good. It looks great on the uh, docked mode. looks great in handheld mode. I just I just have really, really been enjoying it. And I really enjoy like how this is such a, uh, a multiplayer-focused experience. And yet you can still have a really satisfying single-player experience as well. Um, there's an entire campaign. Finished that uh, on the single-player. Had a good time. And I just feel like altogether it's just like the total package. Like everything feels great. All the fat's been trimmed. It hums. It's just like, man, it's just like all killer, no filler. Just having a, just a really great time with it. I really want to give, yeah, big shout out. Big shout big out. Big shout out to Monster Hunter. And I was expi- uh, excited for you to, to like it because it sounded like you were uh, really enamored with it last time. Do you have, uh, you have a puppy, don't you? A dog that you ride? Oh, yeah. The dogs are a really important part of the experience. You have a dog and a cat. Uh, or you can have, uh, I think you can have two dogs or you can have two Wait, cats. Wait, can you ride the cat? You cannot ride the cat because he's oh, too small. Oh, the cat's the palico or whatever it's called, right? Yeah, too small. Yeah. But you can get some armor for your dog to make him look like a cat if you want to like 
live that can you really you can literally true uh you can make oh it there's goodness. all sorts of armor for your dogs or cats you can dress them up in all sorts of ways they added all the new visual features too so if you just like to do the fashion part of monster hunter which i actually love i love doing the fashion uh you can make you know just change the colors and change the the bits and pieces you can see and just like it's really cool you can have all sorts of different um, visual styles for your character which is great because some of those uh, suits of armor don't look too cool uh, i love uh, looking cool it's a really important part of the experience but overall i just i love it man i got i got literally like nothing bad to say about it all except for just the fact um that the series still is struggling with tutorials and it's you know not super transparent about certain things but overall i mean once you get past that initial difficulty which is common to all the monster hunters Man, what a what a fucking great game! I just I love the changes. Everything, every change they've done, I feel like has absolutely been for the better. And I feel like just overall great work on the part of developers. Like super super effort here. And those little beetles are fun, right? That that do they uh, get more evolved in how you can use them? I'm calling them beetles. I don't know what they're called. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I actually don't use those um, at oh, all. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't Fireflies use that weapon. or something. There's so there's there's a beetle that you can have that's your buddy. I don't use that weapon. It's really cool looking, and I like the idea of having a beetle for a buddy. I don't use that weapon. But they do have wire bugs, which is wire kind of bugs. like... Wire bugs, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that system is just amazing. It's not going to mean a whole lot if you don't play Monster Hunter, but traditionally, one of the problems of Monster Hunter is, like, your characters are sometimes slow. Some of the weapons are really slow and kind of make you immobile, which is part of the challenge, right? But they realize that's not really super fun for a lot of people, and so some people were always going for, for example, the dual blades is a very quick weapon, you're light, you're very mobile, you can run around, it's a very high-intensity weapon. It's yep. fun, but it has a totally different way of attacking than to say if you were, like, the Lance. The Lance user has this giant fucking shield, a giant Lance, and you basically tank the entire time. Like, you turtle and tank, you poke with your Lance. It's a totally different feel, and I think it's really interesting, but most people were not getting into the tanky part of it, they wanted just the action part of it. So Capcom really took a hard look at all the weapons, even the heavy weapons and the slow weapons, and they're like, how can we speed this up so that more of these weapons are more appealing? I think there's 16 different weapons altogether. Each one feels like a completely different thing. And now the Lance, instead of simply being a tanky weapon, is like it's like a gambling weapon, which sounds weird. But there are all these weapons or all these moves where if you time something at exactly the right moment, you get like a super strong counter. But if you miss, then you, you get wiped out. Right. So instead of just being a turtle tank, you're like, oh, I'm somebody who likes to live on the edge. I'm going to gamble that I can block this move exactly when it gets here. And if I do, I'm going to knock this dragon on his ass. But if I miss, then I take all the damage. So it totally mm. adds like this, like risk reward that was never there before. Um, like a lot of the weapons, like the um, heavy bow gun, which I've used in the past, very heavy weapon, very slow. You're very immobile. They give you lots of new defensive abilities and also ways to get around a lot quicker. I mean, in this one, uh, one instance, which I think is one of the best things in the fucking game, uh, there's a the weapon called the gun lance where it looks like a lance, but it has a gun inside of it. And that's another very immobile weapon or has been traditionally Capcom realizes that's a problem. Nobody likes to be stuck way in the back when everybody's running ahead, getting the monster. It feels bad to be left behind. Right. So they put a fucking rocket inside of the Lance. Oh, and shit. when you if you're if you're left behind, you click on the rocket, you literally fucking start flying at like jet speed towards the monster and you whack them like super hard when you get there. So like it gets you back in the action super fast. It's really exciting and fun. And like even all the slow and tanky weapons now feel action packed and fast and engaging in a way that they never did before. So I feel like that kind of re-examination of the formula, re-examination of all these things that they've spent literally decades on, pretty amazing. Like not every developer would be able to really top to bottom revamp like that and to have it be so successful. Like every weapon I've tried so far, I've had a really good time with and that has not always been true. So yeah, 
I remember I used the dual blades or something because I wanted to have mobility, right? And it was yep. like down to like what weapon you use is how much you could traverse. Exactly. Yeah. And that was frustrating to me. So like, here's an example of, of the developers like listening to, you know, or at least thinking about that and going, how can we make this more accessible? And, and but still also keep the challenge because obviously it's still, you know, challenging game. Oh, absolutely. Still challenging. All the weapons still mm. feel totally different, but they all feel viable in a way that they didn't really feel before. So it, if you're the if you're the Lance guy, you don't have to be bummed about, you know, being left behind and everybody's getting the action while you're still trying to walk across the battlefield. Like you've got options now. It's great. The, the Lance guy's name is also Lance. Lance hey guys. Lancer, yes. <laughs> he sounds like this. Hey, guys, wait, wait, come back. Uh, wait for me. Wait for I me. The, wait. I know my Lance is heavy, but come on, guys. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I, wait, is he, he the one who got the rocket booster? That's the gun Lance, but the Lance oh, okay. guy has he has this amazing. Oh, he's also named Lance, by the way. Gun Lance, Lance is also gun named Lance, Lance and Lance. No, yeah. the Lancer guy, his move is this is one he's had before, where he like lowers the Lance like he's about to joust, and he starts. Um, I w- I don't want to say skipping, but he kind of like starts skipping across the battlefield at a really high rate of speed, and if he hits the monster, it just goes pop 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 pop. Like you get all these hits off him if you get it if you land, but it also just crosses the battlefield. Oh, it's, I mean, oh my goodness! There's shit like that for every weapon. It's really fun. I love the changes. I love the speed. I love like how they've gotten everybody, no matter what weapon you choose, into the mix. It's it's great all the way around. I have nothing bad to say about it, Monster Hunter Rise. It's awesome. It might be the alcohol talking, but just thinking about Lance like fast skipping is is really <laughs> making me smile. <laughs> oh, hey guys, come on! He sounds different than the original Lance. He's you know, and he's Slightly like, hey different. guys, I can skip now. It's fine. I can skip now. Look yeah. what I do. Wait for me. Here I come. Clip clop. Clip clop. Look what clip, I can clop. do. Yeah. Yep. Mad TV reference. Okay. Anyway, anyway, Monster Hunter Rise, super thumbs up. I love it. I think it's great. I definitely think it is the best Monster Hunter so far. Check if you're out, even people. remotely curious, this is the one to get. Here we go. Okay. Final game of the show is a last minute edition on your side, Carlos. Protocol. I know basically nothing about this. Is it from Eastern Europe? Is it uh, Eastern Europe developer? It's got to be. It's got to be. That's the humor and the kind of like, again, the translation of some of the words, it just seems weird. Okay. I Tell us from, like, start from the beginning because I don't know anything about this other than it's from Europe is what I thought. So what is protocol? Yeah, so this starts my, back on my vitriol train. Oh, hold on, I got a drink. Take a drink. Mm. Everybody at home, take a drink. Yeah, yeah. Oh, if they've been doing that. I might They're say vitriol. Um, oh, dead. I just said it again. Shit. Oh, shit. Take another drink. <laughs> I said that word that you just heard me say. Uh, this will start me on that word you just heard me say uh, some more. Because, uh, yeah, th- I was at my wit's end, okay? This is what happened. It's like a week of that word. Mm, uh, f- bad experiences in games. A week of vitriol. No. You're running out of booze, dude. We didn't. We have. We didn't say at the beginning of the episode that that was the game, though. Now we they should don't go even... back in and cut that in at the beginning of the episode. That would Shit. actually be pretty funny. We should. Okay, that. I will. I will. That's more work. It'll uh, be worth it, though. For this one special episode, I think it's worth. it. Okay, I'll put it back in. So, um, it starts that off because I was just, you know, I'm in this mode, and this is like my full mode that I'm in right now, where games aren't doing it for me. All right. Right. I'm right. being honest. I go to a new game. I try. I go back to cyberpunk. I go to a new game. I try. I'm filled with vitriol. Oh, uh, shit. All right. So <laughs> I go to protocol and it's this humor. So I watched the trailer. It seems like it's a humor based uh, first person adventure game where you maybe by the trailer looks like you might be fighting. I can't tell. 
it looks like a lot of comedy and it looks like it's a mixture of portal right with like that kind of smart tongue in cheek uh you know sarcastic kind of humor with a person who's in quotes a test subject and someone who's got to do some things in kind of a weird sci-fi story Okay, it's like, first person. Okay, gotcha. Okay. First I'm person. Like, yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm into that because then now I can get out of this bullshit, you know, feeling that I'm feeling. Uh, nothing is is working when it comes to the other types of games. Let me just sit down and relax and have this kind of fun experience. So, by the way, I think this game, if it isn't in VR, it should be because it feels like a VR game, which if you know what I mean by that, when you're a first person game, there's like objects you have to pick up. And if you have to crouch to pick certain ones up and there's physics it just feels like it should be VR. Right, um, yeah. There's a certain certain tone to that, yeah. Yeah, and, and if it isn't, and you're using a controller, it's sometimes just cumbersome, and that's what this is. Because oh, in the okay. very beginning, the story is you're supposed to go to a place where supposedly there's some sort of alien, uh, something happened alien-wise on the planet, and some sort of company's there, and they have a base there, in the middle of nowhere in this snowy area, and you've got to go find out what happened and go to the base and you drop down in a drop pod, but as soon as you drop down the drop pod, you've got to get out of your drop pod. Okay. You know, like it's one of those games where like, you know, figure out what lever to pull and what, you know, puzzly type thing to do. But then you have like this AI and this robot type person always talking to you. And so it's kind of fun. You're like, oh, I can't even get out of my own, sh-, you know, drop pod. And you finally do the things that you got to do to get out of there. But right. it's cumbersome. Like it automatically I was like, oh, not this. I came here for comedy, <laughs> and now you're going to make me frustrated with these little picking up these boxes and putting these boxes in these things? It was just frustrating getting out of the damn thing. And right. then when I finally got to like the main beginning of the game, I was given this set of instructions, which is the whole game, is that you've got to follow protocol, which means you've got to do things exactly how they tell you to do them. Okay. And they is basically a floating orb, which is an AI kind of robot thing. And it just kind of barking orders at you. And so it's, again, kind of fun. I like the world that you're building. I'm in the snow. I had nothing. It was just like me and my wits in the snow. And I'm walking to the alien base. But then before I get to the alien base, I've got to do all these puzzles with these batteries. And the battery isn't charged. I have to go back to my pod and charge the battery. And it just feels like busy work. I mean, it and, sounds kind of interesting, but it's not fun. Like, it's not hitting it for it's you. It's not hitting it. And also, you're, you're, you're like, you're trying to pick up your like ID card and you're like, where is it again? It's on the floor and you've got to look for the icon. And it just all feels like if I was in VR, it'd be much easier. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's one thing, I guess. But then the, here's the biggest problem. And again, f- filling me with some word that I'll say soon so I don't kill people about the drinking game. <laughs> um, I get to like the main base and I'm going to go inside. And I had to do this code, and I figure out the code. And it's, and the robot lady goes, uh, take off all your clothes, you know, because that's just part of the protocol. And, and they go, if you don't follow protocol, we're going to blow up this whole area. Like, follow Okay, style. that seems a little extreme. All it's right. It's very extreme. Again, back to this, like, souls-like, rogue-like, difficult. Why do you have to blow up the whole fucking area <laughs> if I don't do protocol? Because it's humor, Carlos. Okay. Anywho, so I do the thing. I'm taking off my clothes. I put them in this little bin. She wants to put it in this bin. But it's physics-based. So I literally take off my shirt, put it down, and it falls out of the bin and hits the ground. And she goes, you did not do protocol. The whole base explodes. (laughs) 
And I go, this is what's happening to me? Wow. And so wow. I do it again. I do it again. Take off my shirt, put it in the bin the right way. Take off my pants, put it in the right way. It like balances on the edge of the fucking bin, finally falls in. I'm like, okay. And then they go, no, take off everything. And so I had to take off my boxers. So I take off my boxers so I'm stark naked. And he like does a joke or something about it. And I dropped my boxers on the ground when I took them off. Blew up the whole place. <laughs> Vitriol. Did you get much further past that? I got in the base and I was like, you know what? Maybe they just, it's bugs, you know, it's glitches. It's, it's Brad's play it in six months thing. So I get inside the base and it's just, everything is cumbersome. There's like, do a shot in your arm, like put a shot in your arm. Okay. I did it. Now do it like for 500 CCs or something. Okay. You have to go to a drawer and there's all these different like things you have to choose from. And then you eat a pill and you get color blindness, and they go pick the, <laughs> pick the red one, and you don't know which is the red one. And I'm like, did I remember which one's the red one? Fuck this game. <laughs> so it's a problem is because the humor wasn't funny enough, and it was again difficult to the point of like you miss one thing and the whole play the whole place blows up. I I have not played this game. It sounds interesting, but it sounds kind of like um. Like a, like an absurdist satire, right? Like where you're not doing things to the letter and doing those things make it really difficult. And if you don't do them, then the base explodes. I mean, it sounds like a very, I mean, and I could be totally wrong, but it does sound like a very Eastern European kind of like super dark look at the way that the world works. Um, I mean, that's a pretty common theme in games from that part of the world. So it uh, kind of sounds like it's uh, in that bucket. Uh, I'll give you that. And I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're laying down. But the problem is... You know, like you said, you and I have played all the video games for 30, 40 years. You can do that and then do it better. Right, because Stanley right. Parable, Portal, all those, maybe they look up to it. And God bless you for trying. But it, it, the extreme nature of, you know, no mess ups. It, and I just played Returnal, you know? Yeah, I can see how you vitriol. would be triggered by that. Yeah, I get you. I get you. So anyways, it, it was maybe bad timing. I don't know. But I also think it was just cumbersome. And not funny enough, and like the jokes weren't landing. So I was like, "Well, then, what am I? What am I doing? Why am I? Why am I playing this game? Why am I playing any and, game?" And then you weren't. And then I'm not playing any video games. <laughs> but by the way, this story has an interesting ending because it's not over. You think that there was only one more game in this podcast? I did think there was only one more game, and I thought that was it. Is there one more? Here's the ad- addendum. Oh, eleventh hour was, plot twist. I was not satisfied. And I was spiraling because I was like, am I really over video games? Because I haven't found one that's working. And they're all making it really difficult to like them. So I found one game that I thought would be just easy. Is it Cyberpunk? No, no. I always go back to (laughs) Cyberpunk. I found a new game that I thought would be easy and just fun and relaxing. It's called Smashing the Battle Ghost Soul. Wow, that is quite a title. I don't know why Smashing the Battle. Don't know. Don't get it. It's anime, uh, very chesty ladies. They're going to fight robots, and you're going to level up and like arcadey almost in a way. Third person, actiony. Where are you arcade-y. playing this at? This is on PS4. PS4. Then it very, very late evening, sad thoughts, you know, over being over video games. Just give me this little nugget of I'll just beat up a bunch of robots as an anime girl. I'll look at, you know, some like nice ladies. Like Jerry Lewis, which is a <laughs> reference no one gets. Uh, yes, the less, the less said, the better, probably. And guess what happens there? Is it too hard? 
It's too fucking hard. Oh, no. Because what they do is they they put you in this level, and they're like, beat a bunch of robots up, get these power-ups. It's fun. I'm having fun. And then they do the boss thing. And they go, oh, you can't beat this guy. You've got to go back to the main menu and level up your character. Oh, man. And I was like, that's not what this game is. Again, what are you, what are you selling? Because you sold, like, fun anime girls, like, beating up robots. And, and no, it's not that game. It's a game where you have to do over and over again to upgrade your character. Then you can go back. And oh, and by the way, the robots that you fight, they dodge you like weirdly, like like super easily dodge your your attacks. And I'm like, well, then why am I even attacking them? So that is almost the end of my rant. But yes, what a terrible uh, run I've had to oh, put man. it. To that put it sounds in like a turns. really bad. You know, this the week that you've had. It, I've had weeks like that, right? I think probably anybody who's been playing games for a long period of time has probably had a week like that where the habit is there, like your hands want to do something, but just nothing is really fitting the bill. And that's a difficult place to be in, right? Like when you can't groove on something, you can't settle into something and nothing is making you feel good. You feel like, well, maybe I don't like this thing anymore. Maybe I, maybe this is the wrong. Maybe I should quit games and start reading books or maybe I should write a book. Uh, I, maybe I, I should, read you books. Know. It's not one of the other people. Well, that's what I mean. Like, you know, it's just like, you know, sometimes it just feels like maybe this thing that you thought you like isn't really what you like, but maybe you just need a break. Right. You know, like we all need like a micro sabbatical every once in a while. And I've taken I've taken like, you know, like a week or two weeks where I'm just I just I just don't play any games or maybe I'll just do like five minutes of puzzle quest while I'm in bed or something, but not really like play anything serious. Right. Just like, you know, chip away, do match three. But then I I watch a bunch of TV, like maybe I'll catch up on a bunch of TV shows I want to watch or maybe I'll read a book I've been waiting to to get off my shelf. And then you're kind of refreshed, right? You come back to it and you're like, Oh yeah, these games are fun again. You're not wrong. And of course I'm not fully over video games because there's so many coming up and I, and I'm really, really excited. I just don't want developers to disappoint me again because it, it really is that difficulty thing is what literally made me nope out of a lot of this stuff and difficulty for difficulty's sake is like fucking makes me so mad. And by the way, addendum number two, I just remembered I was feeling so, you know, I should have just stopped kind of mode. I went to Watch Dogs Legion because they have new DLC. Oh, dear. And, you know, I beat that game and I loved it. I really yeah. had a good time yeah. with it. Yeah. I went in and I died right away <laughs> because, like, the, the there is not, like, Cyberpunk open world game where you can, like, actually upgrade your character and feel, like, strong. And if you've never played it, Watch Dogs Legion, you never feel strong. Like, you have, like, special new robots that you can use. But you can just die like easily. Yeah. So that game, I was I went in and just started using my shotgun, being like, "Yeah, how fun an open world!" And I died. And I was like, "Oh, that's it. That's why I'm going to title the next episode of this podcast." It I'm sounds, over video games. It sounds like you need to take a week of just like binging some show that you've been wanting to watch. Go watch a couple of movies that have been on your 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 get around to it list. You know, do something. Maybe step away from games for a while. Refresh. You know, like let go. Come back to it, and I think you'll, you know, in a week later, you'll be like, you know what? Games are cool again. It'll happen. I'm sure that'll happen, but also I am still frustrated because I do think difficulty is a problem, and we'll talk I about agree. it in another episode, but I think it's still a problem because if I see it, start seeing the trend, right, it's not just like one game, and I think that's what really frustrated me. It was like, oh, this is like a lot of development, you know? We got to add extra hours to a game. We got to add an extra layer of, you know, mechanics, we have to add an extra layer of difficulty. So that's still my frustration. Yes, of course, I'll take a break, and I'm you know, doing that. I jump back into Cyberpunk here and there because it is a relaxing thing. 
Um, but I will say this, a ray of hope. Biomutant is coming out soon, which is the end of this month. Uh, if, do we talk about this in the show? Uh, we have not talked about it. I am very aware of Biomutant. A lot of people oh, are wait. excited for it. But Do you have thoughts or something? No, no. I mean, I played the demo of it. I We've been watching it for a while at Game Critics. I got a number of people who really want to crack into it. But I, I mean, having played that, I'm like, mm, I don't know if that's a game for you. Or okay, first. all right. That that's why you said it that way. way. Okay, yeah. all right. Here's the other ray of hope then. Give me one fucking ray of hope. Okay, okay. What? It's the Mass Effect trilogy is coming out. Oh, that is absolutely a ray of hope. Come on, that is for sure. Right? So Bright now I can just be like, I know it. I don't know all of it because it's up- updated, you know? Yes, yes. I would say give Biomutant a pass for now. I think that maybe that's not the right game for you okay. at this particular moment. Okay. Mass Effect, that's where you need to be. Get back in there. Start doing the calibrations with Garrus. Like, start driving that uh, a fixed up Mako. Fixed Level up, Level yeah. up your dudes. Get some romance. or some hot and heavy romance to be had that's in there. That's true. And I didn't do all the romance options and different there things. There you go, so. buddy. That is, that's your all job. Right. Get, in, all get right. into that. Mass Effect saved Carlos's uh, gaming life. Saved. Saved. All right. There we go. And on that note, Whew. let's wrap it up on a little ray of positivity there. Folk you, folks, well, I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> did you say folks you? Or I did. I said you? folks you. I don't know what I was trying to say, and it sounded like I was saying something else that I didn't mean to say. I apologize, folks. I'm getting tired. Carlos is probably tired. A lot of, lot of vitriol on the show. Carlos. Oh, there's another drink. There's a drink for the people playing along at home. Uh my apologies for the slip of the tongue there. Let us close this show properly, folks. It is now time for us to go. But before we do, please send us your questions and comments. Hit us up here. So video games podcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter as a show at so video games, but you can reach us individually. It's, oh, man. Oh, sorry. are you I'm drinking? losing it? I am not. <laughs> you would I'm think the that one I'm drinking. drinking. I am. <laughs> it seems like I'm drinking. I swear to you, I'm not drinking. You know what it is? It's my drinking energy is pushing into you. I'm getting uh, like a contact high from yeah. podcasting with you. You drinking so much that I'm getting drunk off of being around you. Uh, folks, where where do you want to find Carlos this week? Who knows? Carlos, why don't you tell us where people can find you? This I week? love that delivery, folks. Let me ask you a question. Where would you like to find us? What you, what, oh can my we goodness. make your dream come true this You week? should drink on the episode, because if you did and you're anywhere near this, and I'm like this, oh it'd God. be a good episode. Oh um, have we ever drank together on the episode? No, because I don't drink. I don't ever drink. You don't no. drink ever? I don't drink anything, no. Oh, that's right. Do you do any of the other? Oh, we shouldn't talk about no, that. No, I, I take no drugs. I don't drink anything at all. You're uh, high on life, and that's good. High on life. I enjoy sex. Sex is good. I enjoy coffee. I enjoy those video are, games. Those, those are my three drugs. things. Those, those could are be my drugs. three things. But no, nothing else. YouTube.com slash a lot of things, and uh, that's it. As per usual, took a drink of water is what I took a drink of. Uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, it's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And that is going to do it for a Tipsy Tipsy episode 231. Thank you again for joining us here on the Sobidium. <laughs> oh, no, you can't even get the I can't even, I can't even, oh, my God. I can't Thank even you for jo- joining us on the So uh, Vitriol podcast. Oh, pick me up in the gutter, roll me home, wipe the puke off my face. We'll see you next Friday. In the meantime, this is bye from Brad. Why'd you have to vomit? Damn. That just happened. And this no is a judgment. bah humbug. Bah humbug from Carlos. I'm still a little upset. I mean, not a little. I'm still a lot. The fucking developers of their hard games make me fill myself with all this vitriol. Vitriol. People. Well, you just said it. That's twice. That's two drinks at the end. This episode's going to get people messed up. <laughs>